Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast. My name is Jonathan. I'm Emily. And joining us this week is Todd Campbell. Thanks for coming back, Todd. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. And thanks for coming out to space with us. Yes, we are in space this whole month. This is Space Month. This is Space Month. talking about spatial games we're talking about space for real seriously now space is a well here's the thing about space is space is big like incomprehensibly massive it's very 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 big and uh, the thing is that space games are equally expansive there's an awful lot of stuff that you can do there so we're going to take an entire month to work through all of this and we're going to break it down among different uh, sort of categories of space games and so Todd the, the usual format of Monday we, t- we we explained this to you you know Monday we mm-hmm. sort of introduce a topic Wednesday we go in a little deeper Friday uh, we sort of go d- dive deep into it uh, that's basically useless information for you right now because we're going to go for a completely <laughs> different approach for space month so thank you for paying attention to all right. today we're going to start with talking about franchise because that's how, I mean, everybody gets into space games for the most part. Kind of. Yeah, the, the first space game you probably hear about is going to be you know, a Star Wars game. Or, or a Star Trek. Or, or Firefly. Sure. Or Battlestar. Or whatever. And we're not specifically going to talk about like themed versions of Monopoly. Like Star Wars Monopoly does not count as a space game. Yeah, what's no. the point? What's the point? Nobody it's... pays rent in space. <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> But uh, we are going to start by talking about Star Wars, though, because, you know, that galaxy far, far away is probably the most well-known spacey-type franchise. Certainly. Out there. So are there, what, are there, we're all Star Wars fans here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So any, are there any Star Wars games you can think of that actually do a really good job of sort of evoking the whole Star Wars-y Star Wars-iness? X-Wing. Oh, yeah. I love X-Wing. So uh, tell us a little bit about X-Wing and why we don't have it at the cafe. Well... Uh, the first reason why we don't have it at the cafe is that it's it's a huge miniatures game. It needs a fair amount of space on the table. And to really play it well, you need to have a lot of ships. It's kind of a money pit. Right. And these, these individual little plastic ships you, tend to cost... Quite a bit of money. Hmm. I know. As a lot of miniatures As a lot of miniatures games yeah. do. You um, fell down the, uh, the, the X-Wing rabbit hole, I take it? I have. I have. I haven't <laughs> gone terribly deep. But I'm itching, right? And I, right. You go on YouTube and you watch these videos where people are showing you their battles, and then you see people customizing the paint jobs on their ships, and you just, I want more, more, more. <laughs> um, those. Speaking of those paint jobs, I think one of the reasons why X-Wing did as well as it did is because, unlike most pre-painted miniatures, the ships in that game actually look really nice out of the box. They're gorgeous, and it's done. I think it's done quite a bit better than the Star Trek version of the game because the Star Trek ships are not painted very well. They're yeah. actually quite ugly by comparison. Comparison. It's so that's so important in a game that is so heavy on miniatures mm-hmm. that things look nice. You know, mm-hmm. it's to the point where if you're not going to paint it well, don't don't paint it at all. You know, people will paint them themselves a lot of the time if they really want yeah. their ships painted. So yeah, leave the leave the ships blank, and if people want them painted, they paint them themselves. But painting them poorly is just another pain. It you is. Know? You gotta sand it off. With. The um, un- unpainted miniatures are also less expensive to produce, mm-hmm. so you have a lower price point for it's your more game. more accessible. That is correct. Yeah, and uh, they also sort of tried to repeat the success of, of uh, X Wing with something called X uh, Wing Armada, 
which is instead of having lots of little teensy fighter ships, your X-Wings and your TIE fighters ships, and all that. Right? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I remember seeing it when it first came out. I don't know that it got as popular as X-Wing. There's something about the dogfights within the Star Wars universe that mm-hmm. are really evocative. And so for me, the, the concept of playing with the big ships never never interested me. It's the small ships I really want to play with. From a game design standpoint, it's interesting because the little fighter battles are sort of modeled after World War I dogfighting. Oh, yeah? And the uh, by contrast, the big ship battles are kind of modeled after World War II naval battles uh, with these big slow ships that turn to yeah. face their uh, their broadsides. And, and Now, it's funny you should mention that because X-Wing is based on an earlier game called Wings of War, which ah, was yes. about uh, World War One and then later World War Two airplane dogfights. So. Which makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So what else have we seen from the world of Star Wars that's captured our imaginations? Well, there's Imperial Assault, but we're not allowed to talk about it today. Yeah, John Lowndes will, yeah. Kill us in our sleep? Pretty much. Like, aggressively. <laughs> John's a huge fan of Imperial Assault. He loves it. You should see his painted set of that game. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Amazing. But uh, still, yeah, if you want to maneuver little Star Wars characters around in a maze, shooting blasters at each other and fighting with lightsabers and such, it's... Uh, there's my personal um, hill to die on in the Star Wars universe. That's the Star Wars card game. Uh, this is one of those uh, living card games, these LCGs. It's mm-hmm. kind of like Magic yeah. the Gathering, but you buy a box and it gives you all the cards. So you're gonna, I'm, I'm going to build a deck using my collection of cards. You're going to build a deck using your collection of cards. Together we're going to meet and we're going to start playing. And one of us has a light side deck and the other has a dark side deck. And so many people criticized that game for saying, oh, it's not realistic because a you know, Rancor can blow up a Star Destroyer. What? Come on. If you let a Rancor loose on board the bridge of a Star Destroyer, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> Seriously, guys. That's, that's fair, yeah. Um, and it, it, uh, it, it just required a little bit of imagination to sort of create this sort of scenarios that made this stuff work. And I thought it actually felt really Star Wars-y. It's, uh, it, 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 uh, it had all the characters and events and stuff that I wanted to go on in there. Uh, I really enjoyed the way the resources worked. I really enjoyed these little mini-games that you would play called Edge Battles. So you get to shoot first when you get into a yeah, fight. Yeah. Uh, it added a strong psychological element to the game. So it wasn't just about optimizing your cards and mathing everything out perfectly. It was also about outwitting the other player. Right. And uh, that instinctive element felt very much like you know kind of trying to feel the force. And yeah, I really on. enjoyed it when I played it as well. Mm. Yeah, me too. It was an Eric Lang game, wasn't it? You sure was, yeah. Yeah, he's one of my favorite designers. Uh, these days, though, the collectible card game for those who want to play Star Wars and stuff is Star Wars Destiny. That's sort of like a, a, a dice game type thing meant to compete with the Dice yes. Masters series. Have you guys had the chance to try this one yet? No. I haven't, although John has started to buy into that. So I understand that's also So now there's something else that we can't talk about. <laughs> Thanks, John. Yeah. You go back a little bit farther, and you get stuff like the Queen's Gambit. Um the Queen's Gambit was one of those games that was really hard to get hold of. It's the holy grail of board games, really. It kind of is. Yeah. Uh, even though it's based on episode one, which most people don't care for. Um, it's, yeah. It's a really clever thing, because each of the two sides manipulating three battlefields all at once. So you've mm-hmm. got the space battle over here, and you've got the duel between the Jedi over here, and you've got the palace over here, which is also part of the fight between the Gungans and the droids over here on this side. And when it's your turn, you have to decide what cards you want to play to affect which of these different fronts. And if one of them is one, then that affects the others. 
you know, once uh, you know Obi Wan can kill Darth Maul, he can then move into the palace and start taking mm-hmm. out destroyer droids. Right, once right. once Anakin takes out the the Trade Federation ship up in orbit, then suddenly the droid shields all come down on the planet, and suddenly the Gungans are no longer completely useless. Um, they recently redid that one as Star Wars Risk which I think is a wonderful concept. They take it away from the worst of the Star Wars movies and put it (laughs) into one of the best, Return of the Jedi. So now it's the Battle of Endor, and the three fronts are the lightsaber duel between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, uh, the space battle around the Death Star, and the ground battle to try to take out the deflector shield. Same basic idea. Have you had a chance to play it? (sighs) I feel so ashamed. (laughs) That's like one of my favorite bits from all of Star Wars, and I can't actually... Again, it has nothing to do with risk at all. Mm-hmm. This, is a yeah. case, this is a case where it's like a, a branded version of that really a, goes above and beyond the original. It really does. Mm-hmm. They uh, they they created something new from the ground up with it, and uh, it could it could legitimately be called Queen's Gambit Light. Yeah, it's funny that they would put the risk name on it. I don't quite understand why well, they would it's do recognizable, that. Recognizable, right? I know it's recognizable, but if the mechanics aren't even remotely the same. Well, it's the same reason that Hasbro puts the, the name Scrabble on catchphrase and Taboo and all these other games now. Fair yeah, enough. It's, it's, it's reco- a marketing ploy. It you is. Know? People recognize the name Scrabble. And, people yeah. like Star Wars and people know Risk. Mm-hmm. They see Star Wars Risk. and But there's a lot of different versions of Risk that have kind of like done weird stuff with the mechanics. I mean, I'm not a huge Risk fan, so I haven't played a lot of them, but mm. I know that... Um, Walking Dead risk is like quite a bit different. Well, and... it's actually it's fairly similar in the base mechanic. Mm-hmm. The only difference is that there is, there's a mode where you can play against the board, so oh, okay. the, the, the zombies mm-hmm. attack you. But most risks risks I've seen have at least had the core mechanic the same. Whereas I don't even think the dice rolling mechanic in um, Star Wars Risk is the same. Hmm. I think it's it's all very different. I guess we're making it sound like all the Star Wars games are super heavy and complicated and stuff, and that's not always true. I mean, there are there is some lighter fare out there for people who don't necessarily want to read a forty page rule book before they can start traveling to a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Star Wars Monopoly not really being a Star Wars game, yeah. but there are still a lot of games that have been reskinned with Star Wars stuff that do kind of like a fun, wacky Star Warsy thing, the way that Monopoly does not. You know? <laughs> I mean, Star Wars Carcassonne is the first one that comes to mind. Oh, right. Yeah. Which is recent. I think it was last year, mm-hmm. I think, 2016. Um, so, or, or, or late 2015. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and it changes like just enough for it to feel like Star Wars and not just like Carcassonne in space. Right. It's got asteroid fields and nebulae. And, and it's got like fighting too, mm-hmm. which Carcassonne does not have. I mean, regular Carcassonne, if someone's you know, you connect your roads, you don't, right? You just can't, or you right. share. I can't remember. Um, but in Star Wars Garkestone, you fight for it, and you have, like, little little things with little lightsabers on them, like little, like, meeples of lightsabers, and you roll dice, and you can, like, hum the theme to yourself if you want, <laughs> you know, really go all out. Yeah, it does feel very different than the regular Carcassonne. The uh, the added combat uh, is is really effective, and the whole look of the game is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're looking for a light Star Wars uh, game, that's certainly a, a good one to choose. Mm-hmm. There's also the uh, Empire versus Rebellion game from Fantasy Flight Games. I don't know if you remember this. It's a small box game. It's a reskin of their CIA versus KGB game. Right. Oh, that yeah, was kind yeah. of like a competitive blackjack thing, right? It's a competitive blackjack uh, in which you play various cards that will change the conditions of winning. So if you lose, you actually win. Or if you um, 
uh, if you play this particular character on the next hand, you get to see what character the other person plays first to determine what the end con- uh, the end of that hand conditions will be. It's actually a really great little game, and I loved it when it was CA versus KGB, and the, the Star Wars theme, it feels a little kind of mashed in there. Hard, yeah. <laughs> but it's still a really great game, and the, the art is all pictures from the, from the original trilogy, so if you want a light Star Wars game, that's another great option. Of course, it doesn't get much later than Loop and Chewie. Loop and Chewie is amazing. <laughs> uh, Loop and Louie is kind of a perennial favorite. This is what you should be playing instead of Hungry Hungry Hippos, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, you've got uh, this obnoxious airplane that zooms around on a motorized arm trying to knock the chickens off your chicken coops. Uh, you replace that with the Millennium Falcon and Chewie sticking his arms out of the cupboard going... Aah! And you've got your base with three stormtroopers sitting on the top waiting to get knocked off. And yeah... It's the best. <laughs> it's pretty it really much is. the best thing ever. Uh, it's the, 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 the important caveat being it's for three players. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. It is kind strange of. that they wouldn't have kept it a four-player game. I don't understand the reasoning behind that. I guess because it makes it look, the base look like the Imperial Sigil, I suppose, because it's got the... That's a reach. Oh, maybe. That's a I don't think they reach. thought that far. <laughs> maybe because Loop and Lou is already for four players. Right. And I figured, well, okay, the what's, what's, what number of players does not work for? Three. Okay. It's okay for two. It's okay for four. Let's... Yeah, I think I'm going to go with that. (laughs) So then, of course, we have the big daddy of Star Wars games and current... um, in, in the current world, and that is Star Wars Rebellion. This is a game that didn't exist the last time we talked about Star Wars games. But it exists now. It does. And And boy, does it exist. Oh, Oh my. You guys tried this one yet? I haven't had a chance. Uh, it's if you want to do, you know, the the entire Star Wars trilogy, you know, the real ones, um, as a board game for two players, you know, Empire versus Rebellion. This is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's massive. It's sprawling. It's epic. Uh, it is the giganto Star Wars game that you've wanted ever since you were little. If you um, were a complete Star Wars dork. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, it's a massive thing where uh, you know the 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 empire is way more powerful than the rebellion, but the empire doesn't know where the rebel base is, mm. and their whole job is to try to find it. So it's kind of like playing Clue, right, uh, for the empire. But meanwhile, it's like trying to, uh, I guess, in that compared to in some ways to Mister Jack, okay, in that series where one person has a mystery that they know the answer to, and they're trying to hold off as long as possible. Uh, before the uh, you know the, the the mystery solver can actually figure it out and just send a Death Star and blow up the whole planet, or even just land one stormtrooper on the planet, that's enough. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. Cool. Any event. Uh, so you want to you want to play Star Wars games? There's a lot of them. But when we come back on Wednesday, we are going to go to the final frontier for that other great science fiction license. That being Star Trek. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you.